Hello, real estate world. Welcome to the Nova Show, real estate records. This is Nuria Rivera, owner of Novation Title. I wanted to create the space for you guys to be able to share success stories, but not only success stories. I also wanted you guys to be able to share raw stories, everything that you have learned from the failures, the lessons, the wins. This is a space for our community to come together so that we can help each other rise to the next level. This is a space to be vulnerable, and this is a space for us to all be able to support each other in this real estate world. Please enjoy this episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Nova Show Real Estate Records. I am Tristan Hammett, your host for today's episode, and I am here today with our guest, Jen Kiko-Lynn. Thank you so much for coming, Jen. Thank you for inviting me. I'm so happy to have her here. Um, so I met Jen right after I started um, in, I think it was January, end of January, and I started January 3rd. I went by her office. I think she was the first pop by that I did on my own. Went to her office. She wasn't there. I drove back in my parking lot and I probably sat in my car for 15 minutes. How am I going to call her? What am I going to say? And so I just did it. She answered and she said, I'm going to be in my office in five minutes. And I said, I'll be there. <laughs> and then I went there and she probably just heard me blabble, whatever I was saying. I don't even know, but I was just so thankful that you met me. And so, yeah, I'm grateful I met you too. <laughs> and I loved that determination and that, you know, the stars aligned for us to meet that day. And you are, you just have this amazing personality and Oh, I was just thrilled I got to meet you that day. You're so sweet. And like, I remember you told me that you're like, you know, I'm in sales. I have to give her a shot. Yeah. And I'm like, thank you. Oh my gosh. It's amazing. Yeah. I appreciated that. I mean, you were new. I would have never known you were new. Honestly, Aww. you just, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm very grateful we connected. Well, thank you so much. You're welcome. And since then I've been to a few meetings at your office and I've met quite a few of your agents mm -hmm. and they are all incredible, actually. You. So you have an amazing team. So, um, well, let me tell you a little bit about Jen's background. She is the owner and broker of an amazing brokerage. And we'll dive a little deeper up to what makes them so great and different from other brokerages out there. She is the founder of two nonprofit organizations. She's a top 500 realtor years 2016 through 2021. She is a 2015 Utah Business 30 Women to Watch Award recipient and a Goldman Sachs 10,000 Small Business Scholar. And there's actually so much more. Um, but are, are any of those, like, what are you most proud of? Or uh, I, I am incredibly proud of all of those, but I will say probably the Utah Business magazine 30 women to watch I had just started my business uh within like three months I received that award I was nominated and that that's definitely something out of my comfort zone to even be nominated for something like that and just to be a female business owner just brand new in business and to be recognized at that level was shocking and just something that I I'll just never forget that's that was very rewarding that's amazing do you know who nominated you I do. And <laughs> just very grateful. And, you know, anytime that I've ever been in a magazine or anything like that, it's always a nomination from someone else. It's not something that I self-nominate. And so I think I'm just very humbled by that recognition. It's not something that I 
that I look for. Well, it's because of who you are. Oh, thank you. Yeah, you're thank you're you. incredible. You're just very warm, and thank you. I just love being in your presence. Oh, so thank you. I feel the same about you. Well, let's dive in. Um, so, tell us when and why did you get started in real estate? I I had two young kids. They were four and six years old, and my mom had just passed away. So I was a stay-at-home mom. Absolutely loved being a mom, and just realized life's short. And my mom always taught me to always go after whatever you want to be. And being a mom is is very rewarding and what I always wanted to be. But what I learned is that I wanted to constantly be learning about something and also showing my daughters that they could go after anything that they wanted. And so I had remembered my mom was in real estate when I was very young. And I remember seeing the flexibility that she had. Mm -hmm. And also balancing being a stay-at-home mom. And so that seemed like a natural career for me with my my daughters being so young and just gradually would sell one or two homes a year, never with the intent of growing it to the point that it is right now. But I'm lucky that I have that license because years later, I I went through a divorce and real estate was one of those things that a skill set that I had and I was able to run with that and then also get into um, uh, philanthropy as well. So balancing having a nonprofit job and also real estate. And that's kind of where it started. That's incredible. And so how many years ago was that? I got a divorce almost 12 years ago and 11 years ago. And so after that, I was just in this position of needing to find a job. And I loved real estate, but I hadn't been in the industry for very long. Mm -hmm. And so that's when I had to go find another job as well. And just like real estate, working for nonprofits has a lot of flexibility as well. So the two work together beautifully for me having young kids. And so I found myself working for uh, several nonprofits as their executive directors. So I would do that by day. And then I would sell real estate at night and on the weekends. And I did that for years, actually, and until I started my own brokerage. Oh, that's incredible. And how did you, I don't, how did you get into the nonprofits? Like what, is that in your history or like, cause I would never think to work at a nonprofit, I guess. I don't. Most people wouldn't. And I think I just, it's at the core of who I am and how I was raised. My parents just, I don't know. My mom just always instilled in me to always help others. And so for me, I I don't have a college degree. So when I got a divorce and not having been in the workforce for a very long time, I just felt like, you know, I wanted to do something that I really enjoyed and nonprofit kind of presented itself. And so ended up working for nonprofits in cancer awareness and mm-hmm. with uh, Foundation for the Blind, a lot of different organizations and was just lucky that I was given the opportunity to jump in and be the executive director from the start. Honestly, I'm very grateful for the opportunity. Sometimes I think I don't even know why they, what, why they trusted me to do that, but it was, you know, fundraising and just everything immediately. It just must come naturally to you. I didn't know that it did because I naturally am not someone that loves to you know, be speaking in front of large crowds of people and being in that role, you are the face of the foundation. And it just is something that I absolutely love and works so well now with being in real estate. 
because people in real estate are very give back minded. Mm -hmm. So I'm very grateful to be in the real estate industry with others that are like that, and then still be able to, um, you know, uh, incorporate that by working with other nonprofits still and having my own nonprofits. It's just this natural progression of two loves and blending these two loves that, you know, when I got a divorce, I didn't know that that's where I would be. But when you love what you do, mm -hmm. you just, I think you just, you find it and it's, it's my purpose, which I feel so grateful at this age to know that every day I am doing. Yeah. That. That's incredible because I feel a lot of people are out there searching for that. Yeah. So with that, your brokerage is actually known for giving back to the community without being named. Um, can you tell us why this is such a big passion of yours and why it's important for you to give back to our community? So like, what's, I know you kind of just answered that, um, but what would be, I don't know, when you're giving back, what? I know what you're saying. So I'll answer that. I, I think that what giving back does for me is it, it makes me feel very balanced as a person. I think that naturally a lot of us, we work and work and work and we run around and we do, and we, you know, a common term is I'm too busy. I'm too busy. I'm too busy. Well, you know, we, we do work and we do have families and we are busy and we do those things. But I think that when you think outside of yourself and you have organizations that you're passionate about and the people around you are passionate about, it just, it gives you this balance of knowing that you are thinking of others outside of yourself mm -hmm. every day. And I, I think the only way that I can really describe it is every day, I feel like I'm bouncing on a, a cloud and a cloud to a cloud because I'm so happy and grateful. And I feel like I'm just like expressing myself in this way every day that shows people that I care, but a lot of people that maybe don't necessarily know organizations that they're passionate about, mm -hmm. we get to open that door for them and give them the opportunity to give back and feel the way that we do and that balance that it gives us in our life every day. And it's a good example for your kids and people around you too. It just definitely completes me and makes me just feel whole every day because I have that. And it's not just about work every day. Wow. I can just like feel it with you right now. Yeah. Like just how passionate you are. And, um, it's yeah. something that I admire because it is hard. Cause it's like, you do want to help and you just like, don't know where to start. Like, mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of people don't know how to give back. So moving into that, um, I know because I've spoke with a few of your agents that part of the commissions, um, will be donated to either the buyer or seller's charity of choice. And if they don't have one, they'll donate it to their charity. What charity um, is your charity of choice? Or does that change every transaction? Or how does that work? Great question. So everybody does have a, char a charity they're, they're uh, very passionate about, and our clients can pick one. For me, anytime a client works for me, they they can pick one. And then my, my charity is actually near and dear to me. It's actually a charity I created with my brother that I founded over eight years ago. It's for suicide awareness. Okay. And the purpose of that is both of our parents died by suicide. A lot of people don't realize that. Um, my dad died of suicide when I was 11 years old. And then my mom died 
when I was 30 after her second bowel of cancer. But what I didn't tell anyone for years is that she had cancer, but she actually took her life by medically induced suicide. I was hiding behind that for years wow. because I didn't want anyone to know. Okay. And so that's something I've had to learn over the last couple of years is to own that story and to share her story and just run with this, this, uh, this charity and really share that. And we all, we all have a story that uh, needs to be heard. And so that charity will always be my charity of choice. Okay. Always. It, it's just near and dear to me. And it's a, a purpose that um, I don't know, it, it, it needs to be shared More people need to need to talk about it. Okay. And um, wow. That's thank you for sharing that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's incredible. How, you know, and you don't have to answer this, but how, how did you get through that? 11 is a very young age and mm-hmm. 30 is a young age when you were a newer mom. Mm-hmm. And so what, how did you get through that? So when my dad died, I, I just went inward. It was in the eighties and, you know, I didn't have counseling or any, you know, my mom was doing the best that she could. She was a widow and uh, just held a lot inside. And so I think it was in my thirties when I really had to kind of face some of the anger that I had towards my dad that I've been holding for a long time. And then with my mom, I didn't address that until a couple of years ago after my brother and I had started the nonprofit. Oddly enough, the program that our nonprofit was starting to learn about, it's called QPR. It stands for question, persuade, and refer. It's a program through the Utah health department. And uh, you learn warning signs of uh, individuals that are dealing with mental illness and uh, considering suicide. So I put myself through this education. And so I sat through this class for two days and within the first hour of the class, they talked about medically induced suicide and how a lot of people don't talk about it. They talk about all the other forms of suicide, but they don't talk about medically induced because, you know, it's not something that you, you, you can do. I mean, it's not legal necessarily. And so I just have this realization of, oh my gosh, I've been hiding behind this, my mom's story, protecting her when more people need to hear about why she did it. And we were all there and supporting her in this. It was this beautiful moment together as a family. But for years, I thought I would, that she would be judged for that. And Mm. little did I know by actually talking about it, the, the different ways that my bar- my parents did in their life, that it's their story and it's okay. And the growth that I've been able to have from that, it, it's been immense, you know, over the last couple of years, just to be able to talk about it. And I have people calling me and sharing their stories and that's been humbling. Wow. That's incredible. And I'm sure you're just helping so many people with coping and how to grieve correctly. And, you know, um, I've known some friends in the past. Um, they weren't close to me, but I'm sure just their family might be questioning how they can get through this. So mm-hmm. thank you so much for sharing that. I know that's yeah, you're welcome. That's some pretty intense stuff. Um, and I also read that you're very close to your brother. Very close. I have once, yeah, he's my only sibling and he 
He doesn't live in Utah, but we're very, very close. We talk often and we both have had our own path and our own story and our own struggles. And, you know, some of it has been genetic and we've had to be very aware of triggers that we each have okay. and how we've had to learn from our parents' story. And we're both entrepreneurs, but we both have different triggers as we get older and approach these ages that our parents were mm-hmm. when they passed. And so I think being aware and not being ignorant of the signs, just being aware of what we individually need to take care of ourselves every day. And then also the next generation. I I have daughters that have triggers too. So being aware of that and listening and educating and not ignoring that, but like I said, doing the things that that we need to keep ourselves balanced every day so that we can be the best that we can be. Wow. That's incredible. Thank you so much for sharing. Um, so what, what is the name of that nonprofit? The name of the nonprofit when we first created it is the FMK foundation. So FMK, those are my parents' initials, Frank and Marlene Kiekel. Okay. And we, over the years have kind of morphed into the name yellow for life. So yellow is the suicide awareness and prevention color. Okay. And the reason for that is the initials didn't resonate with anyone. Those were really just for us. Yeah. And so the name now is something that's more recognizable when we do our events and we do different things that we do, um, whether it's with the youth or veterans or whoever it might be. That's a name that that is is something that, like I said, people will remember. Okay. Well, okay. Well, and then we'll, I'll ask you at the end, just how um, people can find information about your nonprofits. Okay. So let's move into some real estate questions. Um, you're pretty successful. I mean, five years in a row, <laughs> top 500 realtor. So what are the top three things that you think have contributed to your growth and where you are today? Great question. So the number one reason I would say is to be constantly learning always. And every year I always set myself a goal to do something, some form of education, but it has to be something that's out of my comfort zone. Okay. Always. And why I do that is I feel like it always makes me a little bit better, um, you know, learning about something, but by putting myself out of my comfort zone, I'm most likely going to meet people that I never would have met. And I learn a lot about myself when I put myself out of my comfort zone. Mm -hmm. So whether it's public speaking or going through a college class or something like that, that's number one, um, something that I do every single year. And I've always done that since I started my business. And I would say, Number two is uh, always to have humility. I am not always going to be the smartest person in the room, mm-hmm. nor would I even claim to, to be. be. Yeah, I don't, don't want to be. be. Yeah, I want to. I want to. Um, you know, surround myself with people that are much smarter than me, and people that that may not only be about real estate. It might be about something completely outside of real estate, but there are some mentors in in real estate that I don't even know that they know that they're my mentor. Wow. Because a lot of them I watch from afar and Mm -hmm. a couple of them I've gone up to and, and just talked to them because I I just want to know a little bit about who they are. And it's not there's statistics and everything real estate wise. I just, I just want to know, 
I just want to know them other than just their name. So yeah. I would say having humility, knowing that I, I always want to be learning and be around people and, and know that I, I have a lot to learn. And then I would say the third is, is just like I said at the beginning to own my story and to always be passionate about that and be able to understand everyone else's stories and what got them to where they are today and their why understanding their why and it's going to be different than mine and I love that I want to learn from them and help them be successful in the the way that they want to be Mm -hmm. okay and what what is your why it it honestly is is following my passion every single day okay whatever that might be and you know, I, I just, at the core of who I am, it's, it's what you see in my business. It, it's not for the recognition. It's just because it's in my blood and that's who I am and, and following your passion. Okay. Thank you. And how do you prep for a successful week? Do you meditate? Do you have like a morning routine? Do you exercise? What, what is Jen Kegelin doing? <laughs> The number one thing that has helped me for years is that, you know, in this industry, we do work a lot of weekends. Mm -hmm. And so I years ago chose to have Monday as my prep day. Okay. So I'm very, very regimented as having Monday as the day that, you know, maybe I'm not necessarily, I, I don't necessarily get ready for the day like I would the other days. So I don't normally meet clients on Monday. I'm usually very casual. I might be in a hat, you know, tennis shoes, whatever. But I go to my office and I turn my music up loud and I prep for the week. I look at all of my files. I look at everything I need to do with my agents. And I look at my schedule. I, you know, clean my office. I get everything in order for the week on that day. So it's all about me. I lay out all my, you know, time blocking and everything for the week. So Monday is, is a day that okay. is yeah. all about me. So you live by your calendar, you input everything in there that you're going to do for the rest of the week. Mm-hmm. And, um, with that being said, do you put time out or how exactly do you, um, how's your business like grown? Is it referral based? Mm-hmm. Is it marketing? Is it cold calling? Do you fit that into your calendar? It's all referral based. All referral based. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I would say I don't do cold calling. Okay. I've just always made a point to make it about relationships and connections. I am not salesy. I'm probably the least salesy real estate agent you're ever going to meet. Okay. That's not my demeanor. Yeah, it, it's no, just not. not. And so for me, I would say I um, make it a point on a little bit every day to just reach out to everybody in my sphere. And every, it's very, every day, guys, you hear that every day, every day, even if it's for five minutes one day, or it's two hours the next day, you do you. And you, what are you, what are you talking about? Are you talking about, sometimes are you talking about what's going on in the market? Sometimes are you just catching up? Mm-hmm. Um, what are you talking about? On these it calls? depends. Again, I think if you approach everyone in your sphere with the same line of this is what's going on in the market, da, 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 that's not going to come across genuine to everybody. So I think you have to tailor it to whoever you're calling. The individual. Individual. You know, I have uh, my very first client in the business. They're very, very good friends of mine. And I have watched them get married, buy and sell multiple homes, have four kids, do all these things. 
there is no way I would call them and update them on the market. <laughs> that would come across <laughs> ridiculous. I'm going to call them and say, you know, when am I babysitting your four kids and having a pizza night, oh, you know, and, and that's going to be a connection with them because that's going to go further. And, and, you know, maybe in a roundabout way saying, you know, I have a house coming on the market in an area that I think you might like, but I'm not going to come across salesy to them at all. A lot of it has to do with, um, per with personality too. I'm a very, very big believer in understanding personality types. Okay. So when you are making those calls every day, and you may have a, a very type A personality client or, you know, past client or friend or family member, that might be somebody that they just want to know what's going on in the market. And you have to be very direct and make it very all about business in the market. Mm -hmm. I'll absolutely call a person like that and be direct and to the point. And I know that their time is probably very valuable and they're not going to want to sit on the phone and talk about random life subjects, you know? So I think you have to tailor it so it doesn't come across salesy. Absolutely. You're very relationship-based. Very, very. But I think when you build any kind of a business like that, you're going to have a lot of longevity in it because people are going to know that you're genuine and you're not looking at them like a transaction. I've never done that with anybody that I work with. I love that. Um, Cause people feel it too. They do know? feel it. Well, and I treat them how I want to be treated. You know, I, when I bought a car a while ago, I went to the person that stayed with me for months and months and months. And all he ever did was call and just say, how are you doing? Yeah. He never even asked me to buy a car. Right. So when I was ready, I went to him rather than the other four that yeah. had been calling me. I, I know a ton of realtors that have become agents because they bought their own home and they were like, wow, that was a really bad experience. Hmm. I could do this differently, mm. you know, and they become relationship-based. So that's great. I hear that all the time. Um, so I know you call your SOI every single day. Um, how else are you staying in front of your clients? Are you holding client events? Are you, mm -hmm. what, what's your favorite one to do? I love holding events. So we always do a birthday party every month, usually April or May. My birthday's in April. That's not why we do it. <laughs> I started my business in April. And so I just absolutely love celebrating birthdays. I've always been about that every year since I started my business. You know, the first year it was me holding a cake oh. by myself oh, with one candle. And then that. every year as it's grown, we have a cake, you know, now we do cupcakes. So every agent is holding a cupcake. I love birthday parties. I also love Halloween. So we're doing a big party in October. Oh, that's fine. We, my office is right across from a cemetery and next to a haunted house. So yes, you that. are right there. Oh my <laughs> God. So events like that, I also encourage uh, all of the agents in my office, if they want to create events, we have some agents that have kind of done their own events individually. I, I just love celebrating and it, and it's not about, you know, just, um, real estate. A lot of this is just to give the opportunity to the community, you know, something to give back to them, whether it's, we have a food truck at our office for a day or something like that. That has nothing to do with real no, estate. No, just no, come no. and we want to, you know, give something back to you, give, give something free, whether it's a meal I or whatever that. it might so be. so much, a food truck for the day at your office. That's genius. But in October, we're having a Dracula event. <gasps> so that'll be very fun. Blood drive events. So. Oh my God. 
Exactly. That'll be a lot of fun. That is genius. (laughs) And you don't have to donate blood, but it all all has to do with that. I love Halloween. So and giving back. So I mean, there we go. That's amazing. Okay. Um, in your career, what has been your biggest challenge, and how did you overcome it? Can you name one specific one, or you know, the only thing that sure there's lots of ups. Yeah. Yeah. I think that there, you know, obviously in any career, you're always going to have those ups and downs, but I think, um, you know, always managing those expectations with clients, you know, depending on what, what the market is doing, because I've been in the industry for almost 20 years, I've seen ups and downs and I'm very grateful for that. Honestly, I know what, what a great market looks like and I know what maybe a not so great market looks like. Mm -hmm. And I think managing the expectation with the clients and educating them that not everything that maybe they, they read or see, or see, see. you know, that is part of our job. It's not just helping people buy and sell houses. It's educating them. Mm -hmm. You know, this may be a fantastic market for a certain buyer, but maybe not for another buyer. Exactly. But how are they going to know until we educate them and so that they have the tools to understand if it is or isn't a good market for them? Not everything that people read online is accurate. Right. And so helping them understand. And so, yeah, you're their expert. We are the expert. Yeah. So managing the, managing those expectations of also the transaction, but also helping agents that are new in the market what they should expect right now mm-hmm. you know they may be basing it off of you know years and years ago kind of what to your point what you said when they bought a home they may be getting into the market as a new agent thinking that you know this is what it's going to be like so I think that's our role as a broker too is to educate them what they're walking into and the work that they need to put into it absolutely absolutely and how are you handling this current market? I know I have a lot of agents that I talk to that are, they are scared. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, some agents are getting second jobs mm-hmm. just because they have to pay the bills. And um, so how are you mm-hmm. handling this market? You know, I, before I had my brokerage, I always had a job and did real estate. Mm-hmm. So I am of the thought that you know, don't, if you're an agent, don't give up on real estate right now. You know, there are a lot of things that we can be doing during these times. Maybe you don't have transactions, but there are a lot of things that you could be doing with your day and your time that will bring you business. And if you do need to get a part-time job, that's okay. I've been there. I've done that. I built my business with a part-time job. I know some of these part-time jobs, it's like, okay, that's a great way to actually connect with even more people, meet new people. So yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, just again, going back to that vulnerability, if that's something that you need so that you're not looking at a client, that they are a transaction in the sole way that you're going to live, you know, you're going to be able to pay your bills, then, you know, then, then that's okay. I think having that vulnerability that it's okay to do that. Again, I did that for years. I would, you know, the first 10 years of being in the real estate business, I did have another job Mm -hmm. and my clients knew it. And I never had anyone look down on that. Yeah. I was very upfront about that. And I made it work. You guys hear that? Just stick it out, stick it out, stick it out and 
do what you have to do. Yeah. Don't give up. You know, there, like I said, there are a lot of ways to market yourself and things that you can be doing in this market that might be different than if you were in the business, you know, two years ago, but go back to those ways that, that work for you. You know, social media doesn't work for everyone. Mm -hmm. Sometimes print marketing works, you know, for your clients, but at the end of the day, I think you have to decide, you know, what type of client are you wanting to work with and maybe break it down a few months at a time. So here we go into the, the, the last part of this year when some realtors are taking it off, mm -hmm. maybe have the opposite approach and say, what are some amazing things that I can do here in the next few months that are going to fill my pipeline starting January? Absolutely. And that's different for every realtor. So I wouldn't say, you know, you know, these three things work for everybody, but really sit down and decide, you know, I want to work with, um, you know, let's say first time home buyers, you know, mm -hmm. what are, what's a mark, you know, what zip code or what area, or maybe it's in my town that I live in that type of thing. What are some things I can do? I think realtors tend to look at ev like the entire state, you know, break it down and just say, you know, I want to market to my neighborhood only for the next three months. Yeah. That'll give you something you to do. Have you done an avatar, like a client avatar? Have you ever done one of those? No? I think that's a, it's a good tool to hone agents in on who they want to attract and mm -hmm. who they want to market to. So mm -hmm. I think that's... That's a great idea. Yeah, because yeah, I think, you know, understanding, you know, my target market is going to be different than most of the realtors in my office. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. Right. You know, I, I have a different audience that I am very, very drawn to that is going to be different than other people that I work with. Absolutely. And under, and I understand that. And so that's who I'm marketing to. Yes. Okay. All right. And, um, you know, I want to know if you could talk to your new agent self about 20 years ago, what would you tell her? I would say, enjoy the ride, you know, learn, learn from whoever you can. I love it. And I was given amazing advice when I first started. And that was don't put yourself in a box as a buyer's agent or a listing agent only just learn and go where your clients want, want you to go. Yeah. You know, I, I have sold all over the entire state and towns that I never thought I would have ever visited. Right. And it's really helped me understand, um, not only different types of clients and their needs, but I thought that was very great advice that I was given. And so I've just gone kind of wherever the business takes me. If I'm a buyer's agent on market and a listing agent on the next market, I think it's, I think it's just given me a, a very broad perspective of understanding both roles rather than just putting myself in, in one box. But again, that doesn't work for every, for every agent. Right. Okay. And I actually just kind of want to like end on a funny note. What's the funniest thing you've ever seen at a <laughs> listing or going into a showing, showing buyers houses? What's the, have you come across any like, that was weird or oh any? Goodness. That's a great question. Um, I, I work with a lot of, um, 
Uh, well, let's see. That's a great question. You kind of threw that one. Yeah, <laughs> I did. Sorry. I was just like, I want something like a little I, funny. I've, I've seen some funny things on Instagram. They are not appropriate, but yes. I'm like, oh, wow. Yes. <laughs> I can't imagine the things you guys see sometimes. I, I've walked in on a lot of people that I probably shouldn't have, but <laughs> maybe the uh, landlord didn't let the renters know we were okay. coming. Okay. So, so that's been a little... Um, a little out there but yeah very yeah, very very awkward yeah a lot of houses that were a little frightening I would say um nothing too crazy okay. honestly but I you know this probably isn't necessarily an answer to that question but we have a lot of fun when we look at houses you know sometimes we, we... I think I saw a picture of you crawling through a banister oh so yeah. <laughs> because like so oh far yeah oh, yeah that might have that might have happened yeah a lot of the grandma houses that have fun things I was crawling through a banister I do a lot of headstands at my houses oh my gosh I think I have seen yeah my clients know that I do that I'm just weird like that but, <laughs> I love it. um you know playing in front lawns with little kids all the time while the parents are looking at the houses trying to entertain and I love holding clients babies as we're walking Aww. through houses and nothing too crazy honestly um okay you know I'm I think, just trying to see if you... I think I've dodged that one okay good yeah knock on wood <laughs> I don't know I I've gone through some houses that seemed a little haunted I've had some houses that you know had ghosts and oh, things like okay. that so that's been fun okay that, yeah. that would be fun yeah maybe not during Halloween no. but <laughs> exactly all right Jen thank you so much um how can people find more about your nonprofits on my website. And it's actually my name, okay. jenkegelin.com. Perfect. Thank you so much. All right. We're going to go, um, go ahead and conclude today's episode. Thank you all for listening. And Jen, literally, thank you so much for being here today. You dropped so much valuable information. And I really hope a lot of our agents that are listening, um, actually, you even spoke about you know, things that other people that aren't in the real estate industry could really take, you know, just following your passion. And I love that you get to wake up every single day, just loving, like you're jumping from cloud to cloud. Like yeah. it's amazing. So thank you. thank you so much for sharing with us everything. All right, guys, that concludes today's episode. Thanks. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Please rate us, like us, and share this podcast with our real estate community. The Nova Show Real Estate Record, sharing raw stories of real estate failures, lessons, wins, and successes. This is all from Novation Title, bringing a different experience into your world so that we can all uplift each other. Until next time.